you know, had a water birth and it was just perfect. And I think being active and being so attuned to your body during that time and listening to what's happening because you are still being active and running yeah. just made made me more aware of what my body was capable of. But yeah, like that's my journey and you know, you always have to put caveats and stuff on that that just because I did it doesn't mean you can and if you don't feel comfortable, you know, you should always listen to your body. But yeah, no, it was it was a great journey and I always felt like you know, I was so connected to her. She was sharing adventures and journeys and we'd go out running with the girls and she was there. And, you know, I think, you know, Willoughby was there in the pram and she was on the front of me and it was this real sort of connection. And, you know, we have continued that connection with running as they grow. It's just part of their life. So yeah, it was, it was a fun journey. Um, I really enjoyed that part of pregnancy. Welcome to the RMA podcast. host Nicole Bunyan, founder of Running Mums Australia. Each episode I will be speaking to everyday women who have an inspiring story to tell. We will cover the highs and lows of their own journey, the impact motherhood has had on their life and how running has inspired them to live wilder, dream bigger and change the world around them. Thank you for joining us on this new adventure that will hopefully leave an imprint for you to live out your own life inspired to conquer goals Well, hello everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the RMA podcast. I'm glad you've joined me today. I hope you loved our last episode where I talked to my beautiful friend Juliana Nagy about her experiences in migrating to Australia from Hungary and finding connection and community through running. This week on the podcast, I speak to someone that a lot of you will know. RMA Ambassador Mel Sykes-Bridge. Mel comes from Canberra, beautiful Canberra, and she is a pivotal part of our RMA community. We talk to Mel about her journey with running, but we also discuss things that are often not discussed among people, and that is her experience with fertility struggles, incontinence, and things that all mothers go through, as well as running through pregnancy, the birth of her daughter and her son, and also how community and connection has formed a huge part of her life down in Canberra. I love this conversation. I know that you are going to love it too. Please let me introduce you to Mel Sykes-Bridge. Before we begin, a message from this week's sponsor, Physiocram Massage Gel. Physiocram has been helping Running Mums Australia to achieve their running goals for years now and ease those post-training muscular aches and pains. Hurting sucks and Physiocram has our back. To get your own Physiocram, head to www.physiocram.com.au. Don't forget, if you're a member of the member program, you can get 20% off with your member code. You can also find Physiocram at your local pharmacy. Hey Mel, how's it going? Good, how are you? <laughs> Good, thank you. Welcome to the RMA podcast. We've been trying to get this episode recorded for quite some time now. 
and um, I don't know, sometimes I think it's just a perfect moment when it all comes together. And I think this is that moment. So we've got lots to talk about in light of your journey with RMA and also as a mom and a runner and what you've been going through recently with injury and also COVID and everything down there in Canberra. Um, But as I mentioned in the intro, um, you are an ambassador for Running Mums Australia and you also volunteer as an admin for us. And we're super grateful to have you in our community. You are a shining light um, to the girls down in Canberra and I love following along your journey. And it's been an inspiration to me to see how you've grown as a woman and a runner over the last so many years and um yeah i'm looking forward to seeing it continue on so thanks for coming on today thanks for having me and thanks for those very kind words um i think uh i'm very grateful for the community that you have uh created because without that the, the stuff that we do in canberra and the community that we've built down here just wouldn't have happened so yeah i'm grateful back to you kudos to you <laughs> <laughs> well we know that it takes a team and that, you know, being part of community is just that, that it's not just one person. And so I'm really thankful for all the things that you do for the girls down there. And I love seeing the camaraderie and the strength of the women in Canberra. Um, I think you live in a beautiful spot where you're lucky to have such, I guess, beautiful surroundings to run and a close knit group of girls to run with. And hopefully Fingers crossed in April, we get to come down and share in, um, in all of that with the girls down there at Canberra running festivals. So fingers crossed. We are um, very hopeful that that's going ahead. I got half of our tent delivered to um, my house the other day. So that's exciting. That came and I was like, Oh, it's happening. Um, So yeah, we love when um, particularly like the closer Sydney group and the Illawarra group and, you know, when the people manage to come to Canberra, it's so much fun. We always, you know, go out for dinner and we have a massive cheer squad and we have the tent there. Hopefully we can still, with COVID restrictions, have some sort of assembly where we can come together. Um, Definitely still be able to do a dinner of sorts. But um, Yeah. yeah, it's always a really great weekend. And I think I find myself in floods of tears most of the time because I'm just like so inspired watching people come down that finish shoot. It's so much fun. Um, You know, I don't even have to run in that event. And it's, um, yeah, it's it's a great one to, to be a part of. Yeah, I mean, I haven't even signed up yet myself. And I don't know if I will, if I'll run or if I'll just be there like, you know, cheering along because I don't think I've actually ever run when I've come to Canberra except one time when we didn't even have the RMA tent at the end. I just come down and support because it's so much fun <laughs> just to be there and talk to everybody as they come. And I will mention um, a big thank you to Run Down Under who um, who were f- who have funded the tents um, for us around the country to some of the uh, girls. So we've got. Um, three tents that were funded through funds from Run Down Under from our community who joined our team. So yeah, that's really good because it means that, you know, if if girls want to get together in their local area, um, some of those key um, states have tents now that don't have to be flown in and all that kind oh, of stuff. Oh, that's amazing. So that's, I hadn't realised that that's what the, yeah, wow. Yeah, well, so that's where that, the funds came for that. So, um, you know, we had around $5,000 of funds for Run Down Under to use this year. Normally we donate to charity 
Um, and this year we decided that we would use that fun those funds to be able to give, uh, I think I've given WA, Canberra and what's the other one? South Australia, that's it. Anyway, three tenths to those states. So that um, the ones that sort of didn't have a close access to a tent. So Sydney has one and Brisbane has one. So yeah, so that's exciting. Awesome. Exciting times. So those that don't know you, um, you know, as I mentioned, you are an RMA ambassador. You live in Canberra, but do you want to tell us a little bit about you, uh, your family, where you, you know, live, what you do, and then we'll get into a little bit of your background. Yeah, sure. Um, so I've lived in Canberra probably most of my life. I was born in Sydney, um, but uh, lived here since I was about four. And um, yeah, I married a Canberra born and bred boy who was, you know, third or fourth generation Canberra. Um, mm -hmm. And we live in a beautiful spot in Canberra, um, very close to the trails, which is exactly what I love. Um, and we have two kids, um, Ellie, who's five, and Willoughby, who'll soon be eight. Um, and yeah, I work full-time-ish. Um, I don't work Fridays, which is perfect now that Eloise is at school because now I get my Fridays to myself. It's fantastic. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I work um, uh, for the Pharmacy Guild, um, working in as a, like a business and career manager, um, bringing people through um, pharmacy businesses. Um, yeah, that's probably a little bit about my background. Yeah, it's good. And so you said you grew up in Sydney. Um, yeah, I was born in Sydney. My parents, well, my dad's actually um, from Scotland and my mum is Sydney born and bred. Um, so, yeah, so I've got a bit of British heritage, I guess you'd say. Um, that's probably where some of my speech comes from when people hear me say things like put, the, put that in the garage and, you know, um, <laughs> go and get some yoghurt. And, you know, I always get a bit of ribbing from some people. Um, but yeah, so born in Sydney, we actually moved to the coast for a while. Um, um, my sister was born in Bega Hospital and unfortunately was um, born quite severely disabled. Yeah. So flew um, to Sydney from there and then my parents decided we lived in a sort of backwater town at the, at the coast and there just wasn't the sort of medical um, attention that she needed. So um, my mum and dad just didn't want to move back to Sydney. They didn't want that kind of city life. And so they decided to move to Canberra. Um, we actually lived in a little town called Queenbeam, which is just outside of Canberra, which has mm -hmm. basically become a suburb of Canberra these days. Uh, we lived there for most of my junior life and then, um, yeah, just grew up in, in Canberra and surrounds from there. Um, not a very significant um, childhood, I wouldn't say. My parents divorced when I was about 14. Um, so I lived with my mum and I, I did grow up sort of looking after myself a fair bit. Like I moved out of home when I was probably just 18. Um, and yeah. sort of I think that's where my um, probably stubbornness and ability to kind of resilience to look after myself comes from. My husband always says, you know, he was lived a very sheltered life. His parents kind of um, looked after him all the way until he kind of met me. And then he was like, oh, I can do stuff on my own. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, you know, um, that's probably where that comes from. And also probably where the link to wanting to build a community comes from, um, you know, not necessarily having um, 
you know, a close-knit family all together. You know, my dad's side of the family is all in England and my mum's side of the family is kind of spread around um, New South Wales. So I think um, I used to like to um, foster that kind of sense of community. Um, and, you know, I kind of had this nickname when I was in year 12 that I was Mother mother Goose because I was always concerned about how everyone was and making sure everyone was okay and looking after people. So I probably have had that most of my life, yeah. Mm, and I can so see now that you've said that about yourself that that is totally you like that is what you do is you actually put everyone first before yourself most of the time and um but you do a really good job of it because there are so you know there are people that are made just for that you know made for community and um it takes a special person, I guess, to make it all work. And you're that person who we're lucky to have. And I can see that resilience and that stubbornness, I guess, as you said, uh, that has been transferred down to a little special someone in your family. <laughs> yeah, for better or worse, yeah. <laughs> so Eloise is going to grow up doing, like, amazing things. <laughs> She's yeah. already, like, the actress or the... I don't even know, but she's born performer or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she certainly is. And uh, I feel like I encouraged that a little bit too much, potentially. Yeah, she's that whole little poem of when she was good, she was very, very good. But when she was bad, she was horrid. That's always. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. We love her though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And she's a great little cheer squad. <laughs> yeah, really both is. of my kids have grown up doing the running mum stuff like from yeah. a very young age I've run with both of them um I'm sure we'll talk about this but yeah um, you know run with both of them and they've come to very event all the events and they volunteer at park run and they you know do all of that stuff it's just part of their life you know that, that they expect it you know when Eloise goes to bed at night time she just says before she gets to bed mommy going for a run in the morning or to the gym and so I have to say you know she doesn't necessarily like the fact that I'm going out in the morning <laughs> she's a bit of a cling on in that way but um you know it's just she knows that I'm going to go somewhere and do something so yeah mm, that's so cute so in light of um you know you now being quite an active person as an adult were you active when you were younger did you play sports or uh did you, were you involved in team sports or individual sports when you were younger yeah, sure. So, um, yeah, I was active. I started doing ballet when I was about four and did that for about um, 11 years, quite um, quite a lot. So I probably went to about three ballet classes a week. Um, and then when I was about 11, I also started playing hockey um, and then trying to find the balance between the two of those. Hockey kind of won in the end. Um, I was never really... Um, thin enough, probably didn't have the quite the ballet body um, and uh, probably not the discipline really to continue doing that. And hockey just kind of won my heart. So played hockey from when I was 11 right up until into my 30s. Um, I don't think I went back after having Willoughby, but um, yeah, I used to play um, quite competitive first grade hockey and, you know, um, represented the ACT once um, playing um, indoor indoor hockey in Cairns, which was an experience because that was very hot. Um, <laughs> yeah. In a tin shed, you know, playing indoor hockey in Cairns and you're from Canberra where it's freezing cold. It was, um, yeah, it was a huge experience. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I have always been active and obviously, you know, running for um, hockey, that was part of, you know, the fitness training and stuff that was... We had one, one night a week where it was just fitness training, where it was just running and drills and, you know, all that sort of stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's probably where explosive speed comes in, like hockey. Like 
yeah a lot of that the sprinting and running down the field and it's yeah. continuous like that endurance i guess from playing hockey yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, that's really interesting i really like asking that question because i find it interesting the sports people played as a child and how that might have impacted whether they ran as an adult sometimes it didn't at all sometimes it does like you know we've had one of our guests be a hammer thrower, <laughs> like yeah. just random stuff that you wouldn't think people would do. And it's yeah. really interesting just to find yeah. out what people did. Yeah, cool. So let's talk about your running journey now. Um, when did you actually start, I guess, running for yourself or enjoyment? Um, how did that transpire for you? Yeah, I think... Um you know, obviously I just said running, um, it was part of hockey training and stuff like that. And, um, so it was always part of what I was doing, but for actually just going out for a run on my own, um, probably, probably a little bit for mental health as well as, um, just something to do, um, was probably in my mid twenties mm -hmm. started to do more of that. Um, and went through my first marriage um, where um, I, you know, work, trying to work through, cause I ended up leaving that marriage, just trying to work through what, um, you know, it was a good ex escape. I could go out and I could run and I could be with my thoughts and I could think things through and work out steps and, you know, ways to cope with what was happening and whether I, you know, what the best move was. It was a really, um, so I did that a lot. I went out a lot running then, um, but I was probably more running on the road then. I didn't really move to trails until later, um, but had always really loved um, nature and that sort of stuff. But yeah, that's probably when um, running for myself and not for a sport um, probably started to take off. Mm. So it was more sort of for your mental health, I guess, and I guess for yeah. just that time to process things and be, be by yourself and think. Yeah. Yeah. It was a, and it was easy, you know, you just put your shoes on, you walk out the front door, you don't have to think about, you don't have to drive to a location. You don't have to, you know, really think about anything. You don't have to have special equipment. I, I don't even think I had a Garmin back then. Like I, mm. I just ran like I, I, and then, you know, slowly as you get into it, you find more and more things that like you know, had a, a Garmin and, you know, I had the entry level Garmin and that wasn't until, much, much later, probably the second iteration of my running journey that I got that. And then, um, yeah, yeah, no, it was more just for me. It was mm. me time. Mm. And did you run right up to when you had your first child? Like, or had you had oh, a bit of a break? I had a break. So um, I probably, I ran for a while and then I don't know why. I kind of, you know, just probably worked a bit too much and then um, was running a little bit here and there and that's when I started to um I, we, I moved and moved into into my future with my future husband um and um we lived on back onto a reserve and so we could I could run up there a lot and so that was my 5k in the morning I could go and do that um before work or whatever and so I was doing that a bit and then um we got married and then decided we were going to try for Willoughby and um we had to go on a fertility journey and so I kind of got it in my head that maybe I shouldn't be training so much and shouldn't be running as much and you know I'm not sure if there's any you know you hear so many conflicting stories and your GP and your midwife will say one thing and people will say something else and everyone's bodies are completely different so for me I kind of went 
I really want to fall pregnant. And if it means that I just have to stop doing everything at the moment and just, you know, concentrate on this. And in hindsight, maybe I didn't need to be as brutal with cutting it off. Um, But that's what I did. I just stopped. And it took a little while to fall with Willoughby. We didn't have to get to IVF. We were just doing um, ovulation induction because I have PCOS. Um, And so um, it took about about seven rounds before we actually fell with him. but yeah, I think I was just one of, it kind of, I just knew it was going to be difficult. So I did just wanted to give myself every opportunity for it to happen. Um, yeah. So yeah. Mm. What was that journey like? I mean, I, it's interesting because there's been quite a few people I've spoken to recently and some of our guests too that have mentioned that they've had to go through um, fertility treatment to fall pregnant. And it's funny because we don't actually realize how many people that affects and how many people actually do. I didn't realize how many people actually do have to go through that. Yeah. That experience like for you. I mean, obviously you had had no children at that point as well. So this was going to be your first attempt at having a child. So what was that like? Yeah, it was, it was interesting. I mean, it's, um, (laughs) we have a really great clinic here in Canberra that pretty much it's one or two when I was going through, it was probably one or two that you could choose from now. That's probably heaps. But this one was very frequented. And um, I remember going there after speaking to the gynecologist and her saying, you know, um, you're going to have to try um, some medication and we'll go with injectables. And what you do is you inject and you do this and then you have to come every couple of days to have blood tests. And I remember going there and taking Jonathan once and that's my husband. And um, he he's saying, I can't come back. Do you mind if you do this on your own? And I said, yeah, it's fine. Like it was, it just became routine anyway. I didn't really need him to be with me. And it was probably pretty awkward because there wasn't many men that would come in because the women would just quickly come in in the morning and have their blood tests and leave. And his comment was, you can almost smell the desperation in the air. And, and it was, and it was true. Like, it was just like everyone in that room is just there for the same purpose. And you could just feel like some people would be in tears sometimes and other, like it was a journey that, um, you know, I kind of, I was, maybe I was a little bit naive, but I was kind of like, oh, it'll be okay. And I'm always a very positive person. And Jonathan, you know, always says to me, oh my God, can you stop being so positive? You've got to find some, <laughs> where is the negative? <laughs> so he brings the negative in and I don't know. <laughs> you're a good balance. <laughs> yeah, we're a good balance. Um, I'm always half glass full and he's the emptier. Um, but, you know, like, I think I, I kind of just went, oh, well, it, it, it'll happen. I don't think I got to the point where I, I was so far along the journey that I thought it, it might not happen. Mm. Um, you know, I didn't have to go to, through IVF and, and that must be so challenging. And, the, and, you know, we had a couple of, like, miscarriages through it, but only very early on because you were monitoring it so much. Yeah. It was only when you were in the first couple of weeks. So you didn't really know that you, you know, were ever going to be pregnant. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it was a journey. And, um, you know, it, it's hard when you go into those places because you just don't know. Like, I walked in and I saw someone from work. Yeah. And both eyeballed each other and it was like, oh, okay, do we talk about this or do we not talk about it? Like, is this difficult? Yeah. But then when you start talking about it in a forum like Running Mums, mm. like you said, everybody it seems like has had some sort of journey to pregnancy whether it be a miscarriage or whether it be fertility treatments that take years and then you know people who have been on fertility treatments and then stop their fertility treatment and they fall pregnant naturally when they stop trying so hard and you know all these amazing stories and then the, the really 
ter- terribly sad stories, you know, you know, stillborns and, and mm. you know, all this stuff. But the thing about running mums is that people are willing to talk about it. Mm. Um, and I know it's not necessarily running related and we talk about only talking about running related, but it is running, you know, brings us together as a community. And then we can talk about those yeah. sorts of things. Like it's, I think it's really important that people um, feel comfortable and empowered and supported and, and, you know, I don't know any other community, particularly in social media. Like if you talk about social media groups, most of them come with kind of a negative connotation. Um, but whereas with running mums in the main, you know, it's always like a positive environment. You feel supported and you can talk about those sorts of things. And yeah, you're right. When you start unpacking it, there are so many people that have been through that kind of journey. Um, and, yeah. it's, and it's great to be able to talk to other people that have been through it. Yeah, and that's the thing about RMA is that we are blessed to have, and we've worked hard, you know, as a team to be able to keep our community online like that so that it does feel like it's a safe place. Um, You know, everybody uh, is open to share um, about their journey and and we feel like, you know, we're all a bit bit of a tribe, like we've got each other's back and I think things like fertility uh, issues and that need to be spoken about and people need to realize, and that's the beauty of a place like RMA is that they're not alone and that they do have other people who have been through it, who can share in that journey with them. And, um, you know, it's been great having people like yourself who share so much of their own personal journeys, whether it be fertility or whether it be, you know, like we'll talk about it later on in this podcast, you know, issues with incontinence after pregnancy and all those sorts of things. They're real issues that women face. Yeah. And they're issues that typically people don't talk about but need to be talked about. So I think uh, we're doing a good job as a community in being able to raise these issues and give people a place where they can share and have a voice. So, yeah, yeah, so you've been a big part of that change um, with women in Australia and in in our community particularly. So, yeah, thanks for sharing that little part of your journey there. Because actually, I didn't even know about your fertility treatment. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> Something I've learned that's new today. Yeah. Um, so you have shared a lot in RMA about running with your children mm-hmm. um, and also running throughout pregnancy. So I'm really interested to share on this podcast. You have shared in our website and, and on many posts in RMA about running while pregnant um, with your children. Um, or particularly Eloise, um, but you did share with both. But do you want to talk us a little bit through that journey? What was that like to run through pregnancy? Were there things that you needed to consider? Um, And yeah, what was that experience like for you? Yeah, sure. So as I was saying before, I kind of stopped with the fertility treatment with Willoughby. I didn't really run. And so after I had him, um, I I didn't run through the pregnancy either for fear of, you know, what might happen. Mm. Um, And so after I had him, um, he was a, he was, wouldn't go in a pram for like six months. So we would just go for walks with him, like on me. Um, And then when um, he finally decided he'd go in a pram, it was basically when he could kind of see me that he would, you know, was fine so we started to go for walks and um i managed to you know go on gumtree and get some sort of um pram that was more off-road that i thought i could take on the trails and we started to go up into the reserve and go for walks and look at the horses and do whatever and slowly we started to make that into running and Mm. then you know he joined me on pretty much every run i went on when we went and met the girls in canberra to go for a run the community was a lot smaller back then but Mm. it he would come um you know 
we, I used to do training for a 50K back in 2015. And I think, so he would have only been one and a half. And I remember running around the lake with him for, you know, I think a 30K training run with two other, two other running mums and him high-fiving them and holding hands with them and, you know, having a blast. But he just sat there and took it all in. And, yeah, so done that from a very young age with him. And then when we decided we were going to try for Ellie, um, I kind of thought, you know, I'm fit and I don't really think um, I, I managed to fall pregnant with Willoughby after seven rounds, you know, it'll be something similar, probably let's, I'll just ease off a bit. I won't go, I won't be doing any endurance running or anything like that. But while we try for Ellie, I'll just, you know, keep running, but just be sensible kind of thing. Mm. And we fell in the first go with Eloise mm. with fertility treatment, but the first round of injections and we just knew the balance, I think from the first time, what, levels of medication to give and yeah it fell straight away and so I thought you know what, I'm going to give this running during pregnancy a shot mm -hmm. and see and as soon as I feel anything or don't feel comfortable I'll just stop mm -hmm. but we'll see how I go and I was you know running I ran right up until like two days before she was born um she was she wasn't 38 38 plus five I think so she wasn't early or anything too much um but yeah I just eased back, made sure that I, you know, I kept hydrated, listened to my body. There was probably around 20 weeks, there was a bit of a shift and I kind of started to get the um, pubic um, SVD, it's called. Yeah. Um, and so I went and saw an osteopath and he kind of treated me for like two visits and just um, realigned me a bit and off I went again. So that was great. Um, and I, wasn't running ridiculous distances or anything like that. Like there was no ultra running or anything. <laughs> Although some, some women can do that. It depends on what, what your body is attuned to and what you feel comfortable with and what your, you know, health providers are telling you to do. My midwife was really supportive. Um, I had the same midwife from the first pregnancy for the second pregnancy. Um, so she knew me. It was, it was a really nice balance. Um, yeah, and so I just kept going and, you know, I think I entered a couple of events, but they were like 5K events just so that I could be part of it. Um, and yeah, just, it kept my, I had also had gestational diabetes during the second pregnancy. So that um, helped as we, with that, cause you should keep active and, you know, um, it was dietary controlled, not insulin controlled. So I had to be conscious of my diet. Mm -hmm. And I really attribute the running and keeping fit and probably that helped to keep weight off um, to the most amazing birth i had a terrible birth with willoughby i had to be induced because i got preeclampsia it was just from zero to hero in the matter of seconds and you know i didn't know what was going on whereas with eloise i was kind of worried that i wouldn't know what it felt like to go into labor because i had been induced the first time and it was really not as big a deal as i'd anticipated and then when we got to the hospital it was kind of just talking and walking around and just movement and then got in the bath and like it just you know, had a water birth and it was just perfect. And I think being active and being so attuned to your body during that time and listening to what's happening because you are still being active and running yeah, just made, made me more aware of what my body was capable of. Mm. Um, but yeah, like that's my journey. And, you know, you always have to put caveats and stuff on that, that just because I did, it doesn't mean you can. And if you don't feel comfortable, you know, you should always listen to your body. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, it was, it was a great journey. And I always felt like you know, I was so connected to her. She was sharing adventures and journeys and we'd go out running with the girls and she was there. And, you know, I think 
you know, Willoughby was there in the pram and she was on the front of me and it was this real sort of connection. And, you know, we have continued that connection with running as they grow. Um, it's just part of their life. So, yeah, it was, it was a fun journey. Um, I really enjoyed that part of pregnancy. Yeah, I really loved following along too. And for those that want to know more, they can read your blog posts on the RMA website. Um, so they just search your name and I can actually, I'll put the links to them in the show notes, but uh, it was a really special time. And, and we felt like we were also part of that journey, you know? Um, but I think it gave women a little bit of a different perspective on being active while being pregnant because so many people are scared or worried about it. And I think you're right. I think just listening to your own body, obviously following the directions of your health provider, but being attuned and listening to your own body um, is key and knowing when to pull back or when to have a go. So, you know, uh, you're lucky that you were able to share that experience and it's been really nice to see that continue on after you've had your children and being able to help them, I guess, continue on in the, in your journey, running out of your belly, uh, you know, in the pram. Um, but yeah, I've, I really loved watching that, like, because I didn't have that experience because I wasn't running before I had my kids um, at that period in my life. And now I kind of wished that I did because I think, oh, that would have been a really beautiful time in just sharing that connection with them. And I think you're right when you say that word, that connection mm. um, is really special. And uh, yeah, no wonder they're so interested in coming with you on your adventures because they were with you before. Like, you know, yeah. Eloise particularly was with you, you know, as you were running with her before she was even birthed. So yeah. Yeah. Oh, look, um, I think it, yeah, there's definitely a connection. They both love the trails. They're both little mountain goats. Mm. They love that sort of stuff. But having said that, running with children isn't always fun. No. I do like to <laughs> so run like, without them. <laughs> yeah, I sometimes like to run without them. And, um, you know, you have to go prepared when you are, you know, taking them out in the pram, make sure you've got lots of snacks and distractions and, you know, because they're not always willing to sit there for hours on end. Sometimes they... <laughs> you know so um yeah but in the main it's been yeah, a really great journey what is something uh that you really love about taking them along with you because obviously I, you've had to do a lot of that um yeah. over the years. what what's something you really love most about sharing that experience with your kids um i think it's taught them a lot um you know particularly during COVID when I was saying one of the things I've said to them doing the, above all, I don't really care what's going on, but be kind. It is the most important thing for you to do is to be kind. And they have always really had that um, being surrounded by other mums, um, people who have a like-minded village community feel. I think they've always kind of been ingrained in that kind of stuff. And, you know, to the point that they shock people because we will go for a run and, particularly when they were younger and they were both had the double pram and we'd go for a run and people would be coming past the other way. And I, I'd smile or whatever, you know, you used to do to another runner, probably not being able to say much because you're out of breath, kind of just waving at them. Um, but both my kids would be like, good morning. How's your day? You know, saying stuff as they walk past and just innately would be very polite. And, and, you know, um, so yeah, I think it's the, the, being connected to a community and knowing what that feels like and why it's important and why it's important to be kind to people and, mm. and um, 
Yeah, I mean, obviously being healthy and, and, and active is an important thing for them to know as well, but it's more about the connection to people mm. um, and also a bit of the connection to country. Like they love going out and exploring where we live and finding things and, and making up stories about why this rock looks a certain way or whatever. So, mm. um, yeah, it's probably a, a connection on both a human and sort of natural world level um, mm. that I really enjoy. Oh, that's really beautiful. Um, just following along from your pregnancy with Eloise, um, you were quite open about your experiences um, with issues around your pelvic floor, <laughs> which most <Yep>. women, <laughs> which which a lot of women, and probably most women who have had children, especially natural birth, um, yep. struggle with. But it's something, as we were saying before, it's one of those issues with women that are taboo, and not many people want to talk about it. Yeah. Um, but we actually got together and made it a point that we did talk about it in RMA because we were seeing so many women posting about it. Yeah. Um, and you were quite open with that journey. Um, do you want to just share a little bit of your experience and how you knew there was an issue and what you did to um, to fix that issue after you I had that <laughs> Maybe not fix. <laughs> Maybe that's not the right word. What you did to help that issue. Help it, yeah, um, yeah. And I'm better. probably a bit of my own worst enemy because it's one of those things where you go to the physio and you're told to do exercises mm -hmm. for like a broken ankle or whatever. We're not very good at doing the home exercises. We just want to go back and do the running part. So, yeah. um, but the journey is probably, um, my pelvic floor was probably pretty ruined after having a really fast birth with Willoughby after being induced. So um, we're after running, um, going back to running with Willoughby, even though I took it very slowly, I wasn't running until he was about six to eight months old, definitely knew that there was something not right, you know, um, having leakage and, you know, that sort of stuff when I was running. Um, and I left it for a really long time and I probably didn't do anything because I was like, oh, you know what, I'm going to have another baby. So what's the point of trying to fix it now? Which in hindsight is just ridiculous because mm. it would have been better to strengthen it before having the next child. So I just kind of dealt with it, you know, wore um, poise pads and, you know, that sort of stuff. And it wasn't extreme, but I definitely couldn't have gone for a run without having something there um, for protection. And then I had Ellie and I think um, I did work on my um, pelvic floor muscles more during that pregnancy, knowing that when I came back, I didn't want to have any more children after that. And um that was kind of going to be it. I needed to sort of strengthen it. So I did work on it, but still after that um, pregnancy, you know, it was pretty much exactly the same. Even though I was trying, you know, having the weight of a baby and doing pelvic exercises probably wasn't doing too much anyway. Um, and so I went to see a women's physio and um, yeah, there had been pro kind of a, a I can't remember what stage prolapse, but it was definitely a prolapse that had occurred um, internally, not ex an external prolapse. And um, she talked about, because I said, she said, what's the most important thing about this? And I said, I don't want to stop running. Are you going to tell me I can't run? And she said, no, we're not going to tell you you can't run. We'll work work with, within the bounds. I know you have to run for your mental health and for your overall health and and you know you've got goals and this sort of stuff so we won't stop you from running but you are going to have to do x y and z so what we did was the um your own exercises you know multiple times a day when you stop at traffic light every time you stop at a traffic light that's a trigger to sit there and do them while you're sitting in the car whilst you're brushing your teeth mm -hmm. um 
you know, other moments where you're sitting doing nothing and you could be, you know, doing a core ab workout or something on the floor <laughs> or doing you sitting and reading a book or watching television because you finally got five seconds to yourself. Yeah. Um, you know, that's when you should sit and, and do them. So started to do that. And she also gave me um, a pessary that you could insert when you went for a run that was to help to kind of um, hold the walls of the vagina up so that you weren't getting the, the, um, the uterus and the pelvic floor falling into the, that area. Mm-hmm. Can't say that that was hugely successful, um, but, you know, I probably could have gone back and had, you know, sizes readjusted and things like that. But I did notice a difference, you know. Um, I, I kind of just went in there and went, oh, just give me the surgery because I just don't want to have to deal with all of this stuff. Just Let's just go down that route straight away. And there's probably, you know, a lot of women that have to go to surgery almost straight away, depending on the types of births and things that they had. But I would encourage people, that anyone that is, is, is having issues, not to continue to ignore it and to go and see a women's physio. I definitely need to go back. Um, I... I'm not running at the moment, so it's probably not in the front of my mind. I'm not noticing it. Um, and maybe having a break from it and doing my exercises while I'm having a break whilst injured is, you know, helping to build the strength up anyway. So, but yeah, definitely go and see a women's physio, women's specific physio. They can do amazing things. Um, you know, they, they do a proper, like, you know, assessment of what's going on for you. They'll do probably an internal ultrasound as well and also test the strength of the muscles in your vagina and, and that, that area. Um, but I think it's just, it's hugely important because it's not something that you want to have to, you know, the chafing from wearing poised pads is one thing that you don't want to have to deal with for the rest of your, you know, running. Right. That's probably worse. Incontinence <laughs> itself. Yeah. You know, I'd come home from, you know, massive runs out on the trails and mm. you know, I'd be fine on an endurance run, except for the downhills. The downhills are hopeless. That's when, when I would notice it. Mm. Um, yeah. The chafing is just the worst part. So if you can get away from getting away from having to wear those, I mean, Maybe the body body under underwear and stuff like that is better these days. I didn't really have that when I first yeah, started. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely go and get it looked at. And don't be afraid to talk about it because, you know, like I you know, you talk talk to your kids and tell them to use the right anatomy words. And you know, my kids will talk about their vagina and their penis all the time. Like yeah. don't we should, shouldn't be, you know, shy of saying these words. It's not, you know, we're not in nineteen forties anymore. We're, <laughs> yeah progressed a fair way and there's so much change and we need to be able to you know talk about these things and bring it out in the open because it's really important that people feel comfortable in their body and and um you know sharing it makes someone else feel as though that they're not alone and they can discuss it and equally you don't have to talk about it openly if you are uncomfortable about it but go and see someone yeah um, a health professional um women's physio and and they and get some help I think that's the the best thing about talking about it is that it makes it an issue that people don't feel alone and that they feel seen and heard and that they, yeah. And, and that we talk about how we can get support with those sorts of issues. You know, it's not like they have to, it's like a stab in the dark trying to find how they can help themselves. It's like, well, there's so much support out there. This, and this is where you can go. If you live here, this is where you can go. If you live here, this is my experience. This is my experience. So I think it, it is so important that we talk about those issues because most women are going to struggle with something like this in their life. Um, yeah. And yeah, it's natural. It's a natural thing to talk about, especially as women. I feel 
safe and comfortable talking with a community of women about these issues. And that's why we have a community of women in RMAs that we can, yeah, get alongside each other. So thanks for sharing that part of your journey. Um, you know, it is something that a lot of women are going to go through. So Definitely. yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, keep doing those exercises right now while you're yeah. able to run should be your <laughs> should be doing an intensive uh, exercise regime on the pelvic floor because it doesn't matter if you had children recently or not no as we're getting older as well we need to and myself I'm telling myself this now as I say it that I need to be doing them as well because you know even running down Kadamba on the weekend I was like I got to the bottom and I'm like I I just been to the bathroom and I now need to go again and it was like I know oh I need to start working on my pelvic floor better so you know there's things like that 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 are going to be issues that we have to deal with and manage throughout our whole life as women it's the anatomy that we've been given and we need to to be on top of it it's just like if we are injured in any sort of way we tell people in RMA to go and get checked by a physio there's no difference here with these issues around pelvic floor um, and incontinence and things like that, that you should be treating it the same as any running injury. Um, and another good piece of advice, which you touched on and that, you know, Jess Trengrove was saying in her podcast interview is that everybody who has a baby who is a runner should really go and get checked by a women's physio before they return to running as well. Like it's, you know, it's important to go and get checked out so that we know that everything's good to go in that area or what can we do to strengthen that area if we are wanting to return to running after pregnancy or if we've been running throughout our pregnancy as well as you, as you had. Yeah. So I want to talk about now uh, how you actually found RMA. Where did you come from? <laughs> how, did that, how did that experience happen? Um, was there a particular moment that you clicked on RMA on Facebook or did someone tell you? Like, what was that experience like for you? Um, yeah, so I think when I started to come back and I had Willoughby and I, I could, I mean, Canberra's a very small place and you um, see lots of people running around the lake and that sort of stuff. But how those people connected was a bit, um, you know, I knew there was, you know, the YMCA running group and stuff like that, but that was everybody. Mm. And I wanted to find other like-minded people. And so I think I just Googled running mums. Mm. And of course, running mums Australia was probably one of the top searches in that, I guess, because I'm in Australia mm. and I was looking for that. At the time, I actually didn't have Facebook because yep. I'd kind of written Facebook off. <clears throat> and so um, I found, I must've found the website and then went, well, the only way I can connect is if I have Facebook. So I set up like a Facebook page that wasn't actually kind of me. It was Mel Guild back then because I worked for the Pharmacy Guild. Ah, that's <laughs> And so I just set it up as like a private thing. So I could just purely, so I could join the Facebook page. And um, that was 2014, I think. Yeah, I think it was, it was 2014 because it yeah. was, um, and I ordered my singlet because I wanted to feel like I was part of the group. So I got the white, original white singlet. Yeah, and retro singlet. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't fit me anymore. <laughs> lots, of, lots of yellow kind of sweat patches, stains <laughs> on it, you know, so old. Um, and I, I wore it to um, the, what's it, the ACT Vets um, Athletics Half Marathon. <clears throat> and I was a lot fitter back then. Um, mm -hmm. And 
I ran around the lake and felt proud that I had this shirt on. No, there was no other RMAs to be seen <laughs> that I knew of anyway. They didn't have a shirt if they yeah. did. Um, and I finished and I, you know, I was super excited and I had Willoughby there at the finish line and, you know, took photos in my running mum's singlet and posted them on, on the Facebook page and just felt really proud that I was part of something. Mm. And then I think it was the, must have been in September that year, yeah, it was the um, Camera Times Fun Run and I wore my singlet again and this time I saw another singlet and it was only one that I saw and it was a white one and it was Emma Munro who actually lives up um, sort of yep. uh, Highlands that way yep. and um, I was like, oh my God, it's some, and we actually spoke to each other and became Facebook friends from that day and kind of was like, I was like, oh wow, there's something in this, there's, there's, there's a community here. And, you know, spoke to, spoke to her and, you know, have spoken since and said, when you're in Canberra, come here and da-da, you know, all that sort of stuff. And then just from there, it just kind of exploded. And mm. um, someone put a post up maybe later that year that said, oh, any other RMAs in Canberra? I'm wanting to run around the lake. And, you know, that was Shireen and uh, Debbie. We turned up at the lake and there was two of, three of us there and we you know, went for a run around the lake and it was really great to have someone to run with. And I was like, yeah, this is, this is fun. I'm like, I'm really enjoying this. I'm something, I'm part of something. Mm. And um, yeah, just from there, just, I was like, all right, I want to run with someone else. And we became really like good friends. Debbie and I ended up training and doing our first ultra marathon the following year. And, you know, it became something and we trained all together and um, it slowly grew and then the community got bigger and bigger. And then when you started to, I started to put some events up to say, and Canberra, you know, if you want to come and meet some other like-minded people and do a lap around that, it doesn't matter what your ability is. You can walk, you can bring the kids in the pram because I had my kids most of the time. <laughs> yeah. um, bring your dog, do whatever you need to do. And yeah, it just kind of developed from there and haven't kind of looked back really. Yeah. Aww. I love it. And that's what it's about. That's what it's about. It's about yeah. those making those connections, you know, forming those connections and inspiring and encouraging other like-minded mums to get out, be active and connect together. Yeah, that's the premise of it. And it's always been. And some of those women now are my best friends, you yeah. know, like um, probably before that I had lots of friends, but never a truly kind of best friend from school or anything like that. I didn't really continue those friendships after school um, kind of moved away and didn't really see those people but some of the people that I've met in RMA I, I would consider my best friends and you know and they've been through so much stuff you know their stuff our stuff my stuff our other people's stuff you know it's yeah it really um, yeah it's a game changer it changes people's lives definitely yeah that's really beautiful what kind of experiences have you had over the last Oh, so you said 2014, so seven years, I guess, roughly, that that you have had while being part of the RMA network that you may not have had, do you think, if you had not have joined that? What kind of things stick out to you in your mind? Obviously, the adventures that we've been on. So um, first and foremost, like some of the... Um, places we've visited and places that we've run. So obviously getting to go to New Zealand with mm -hmm. a couple of pretty crazy chicks um, <laughs> and running, running around a bloody volcano like that, that was an experience. Wasn't it? <laughs> um, 
discovering more about where we live you know like we've been pretty much on every trail in Canberra we haven't and and some of the ones that are nearby you have to kind of drive to to get to but there's so much more for us to discover out there and, and setting up those events our snow runs when we get a big group of girls together and yes. we go out and we run in the snow like that is so much fun I really um, have to come down for a snow run this year <laughs> I have yeah. to come down. Maybe it'll snow in April. <laughs> yeah, you never know. You never know with Canberra. It could snow yeah. next week. Um, yeah, those sorts of... The adventure is some of the experiences that I'll take away forever. The friendships, um, some of the experiences. And then just watching how people support each other through some really shitty times and some really good times. Watching people celebrate, people have babies. Um, you know, sending people flowers when something's not going great. Um, rallying around people getting together to you know one of the girls broke her ribs a while back and she has three very active boys and people rallied made dinners and lunches and dropped food to her house and went around and walked her dog and took the kids out for a while and you know stuff like that during COVID um, that whole experience during COVID staying connected having that community already built to be able to continue to be connected during that time yes um, that was huge. Like we set up Zoom Zoom calls so that we could talk to each other during lockdown. We um, organised a high five video where we all did yes. little videos of us high fiving each other and snipped it together. So it looked like we were all still being able to connect to one another and sharing that more broadly across the national sort of um, landscape. Yeah, I loved that. Yeah, and that was fun because everyone was having fun being part of that. It made you continue to feel like you were still connected. Um, there's been some terribly sad things that we've had to people have had to go through losing parents and um, mm. you know more broadly people across the country losing children and mm. people battling cancer and you know lots of different illnesses and and mental health problems and you know being part of this community is just like without it I just don't know how some of us would have survived some of these experiences um mm. I'm a bit emotional talking about it but I think um despite whether you have a really tight-knit community where you live you feel as though you can always connect with people through the Facebook page mm. um we are I am incredibly lucky for the women that are in Canberra like they always say to me oh my god you're so great bringing us all together but without the type of people that we have here and the people that want to be connected and the people that are so community focused, you know, they'll do anything for you. Mm. You just have to say one thing on Facebook and people are messaging you, rallying, you know, all of that sort of stuff. We just have a really lovely bunch of women and it's mm. huge now. Like I don't know how many people come to some of our events, but yeah. You know, we've got, we call the old crew and then we've got lots of new crew <laughs> and there's probably a middle crew. Um, yeah. And we're all shapes, sizes, abilities. Yeah. You know, there's the fast group. We know who's going to go out first when we go for a try run. You guys go first. Yeah. We're the middle, we're the back of the packers. And it just works. You know, yeah. we go, if we do an out and back, it means that they get to go as long as they need to go and come back. And we can all finish at the end and either have coffee together or we'll go for a swim or, mm. yeah, it's, um, mm. yeah, so many experiences that have occurred in the last seven years that just make me go, wow, if I hadn't been part of this, what would my life have been like mm. the past seven years without all this? Because yeah. I am immersed in it, um, <laughs> but, but I'm gratefully immersed in it, you know? Like, um, it's not like there's ever a time where I'm like, oh, my God, I've got to do something with RMA. It's, <laughs> yeah. What are we doing for RMA this week, you know? Yeah. Um, well, it's enriching. I guess that's the word I think of. It's enriching. It's, 
you know, I often say to my husband, like, gosh, my weekends would be boring. Like, you know, all my life would be pretty boring if it wasn't for RMA. Like I, I just feel like there's, I'm just always one day away from an, an enriching experience with someone or learning about something or a new place to explore or new people to meet. Um, and the good thing is that and you touched on it, like, you know, you do live in a beautiful part of the world. And I guess Canberra is kind of like a little hub. It's, it's really mm-hmm. different to Sydney. I mean, Sydney, we're so spread out. And I was joking on Jenny's podcast about how we don't really even go across the bridge. You know, it's like you're on the north, we're on the south. But, you know, when you do and you, and you meet these people, like when we come to Canberra, when you guys come to Sydney, when we all go to New Zealand, when we go to Queensland, whatever it may be, like, you know, these people from being online or whatever. And, but yet you feel like you know them so much more and, and you get to meet uh, these women who just all have different stories. They're different types of women, different places, different sizes, different abilities. As you said, you know, you've got the people like running in the Olympics to people who are just starting their journey, but we all feel that we have the connection with each other. Mm-hmm. And then in our own personal, um, sorry, in our own small communities, smaller communities, we have those really deep enriching experiences that we all need so much. So that's part of why RMA exists. It's to connect women um, and to give them hope, to give them something to look forward to and um, yeah, give them a more enriching life, you know. Um, I wanted to touch on your journey has sort of evolved from when I first met you, you Mm -hmm. were more of a roadrunner. (laughs) Um, and obviously that was probably more circumstantial in a way too, because you had little kids and you were running with the pram and all those sorts of things, but you were actually really good at running with the pram, mind you. I was like, wow, how did you run so fast with this pram? But you did so well, but then you kind of morphed into a trail runner. (laughs) So, which is a woman after my own heart. Um, so what led you to being more, I guess, um, destined for the trails now? Is this an age thing? Was this just something that you discovered and thought this is more me? What, what's that journey been like for you? Uh, I have always loved the trails, um, but probably uh, when, as you say, it was easier with the children in a pram to run around on, you know, pavement. But growing up, I spent a lot of time in the bush um, around Canberra with my dad. We used to go camping a lot and back in the day it was ride motorbikes, um, but, you know, and go camping and and, um, spend time, you know, exploring places out um, particularly in the Brindabella Ranges and the Magi and stuff like that. So I already had a kind of an affinity with those areas. Mm. Um, and just, I just love being in nature. You know, I could go and sit out there all day. Um, mm. And so it was definitely in my heart to go and do that. And then once, as you say, as the kids got older, I could not have to take them on all of the runs. I can't even remember the first time I went um, on the trails. I'm trying to think. Um, but we the my we kind of started training for the um, the event was called the Canberra 100 and we went into the 50k event and it was um, several of the peaks around Canberra on the trails of the Centenary Trail mm-hmm. and um, yeah so we trained a lot on the trails for that and you know found some places that I didn't even know existed and then that was just you know I was like right well that's it I'm sold I'm not I. I don't. I wouldn't say I don't like road running. Um, I like the events of road running um, because you can, you know, line the streets and you can yeah. cheer and you know the finish line obviously is um, exciting. 
but um, I actually really like smaller events. I'm a small event type of person. And particularly in Canberra, we have some really great small events where everybody knows everybody, everyone's there supporting one another. Um, and so, and you're just out in this beautiful area, you know, beautiful areas that are so close to our houses, I mean, literally out our back doors. Um, and so we're really lucky to be able to do that. So. Um, trail running isn't where you have to get in the car and drive to the Blue Mountains or drive to a national park or whatever. It's just here. So um, I think a lot of people in Canberra have morphed into trail runners because as because you get older. <laughs> no, no, but it, across the board. And we have yeah. so many groups that have kind of popped up all over the place now, you know, different yeah. training groups and um, different, you know, different events being set up and, you know, all this sort of stuff. We're really lucky. It's, it's really flourished. And um, so it's, it's fun to be part of that. And, and yeah, I think, um, I think also as you get a bit older, trails seem a bit kinder on your joints and you, you know, I think, yeah. you know, probably get to my injury in a second, but I did a fast five on pavement <laughs> and the next day, <laughs> no, look, I think it's, yeah, well, I think it's because I only had been running on trails and then I ran on pavement, so that's a bit different and tried to go fast. But um, it's definitely kinder when you're wanting to do longer distances as well. Um, I think it's kinder to be treading softer ground than to be pounding on pavement and concrete and stuff like yeah. that. I mean, that's a no-brainer really. I mean, you've probably got more chance of falling over and scuffing your legs and arms and <laughs> injuring, like, you know, some sort of broken bone or something from running on the trail but I think that's part of the fun because it's such mixed terrain that you're really like challenging yourself if it's you know single track or if it's um fire trail and then it changes to scrambling up the side of a mountain or whatever it's just so varied whereas I think you have to have a different sort of mental strength to just continue on the road those those people you know really have a mental strength um uh, to, to really, I mean, not that you don't have a mental strength to go to an endurance event or any trail event, but when you're just doing the same thing on a road, yeah, it's yeah. quite monotonous and you really have to have that, you know, um, endurance of mind to continue yeah. to run on a road. Yeah. Um, yeah. So in terms of the trails and, and not only trails, like obviously all the women in Canberra don't just run trails, but in terms of the RMA community down there, you know, your role as an RMA volunteer admin and also as an ambassador is, um, well, it's always been, you know, there because you are one of these people that inspires um, and are so good with community. Um, what sort of, I guess, uh, stories or, you know, um, experience have you, experiences have you seen come out of the stories of the women down there that may have joined RMA who weren't particularly runners to start with or who were just dabbled in running to what they're doing now? Have you got any particular stories that you'd like to share of women in the Canberra community that have been impacted by your strong knit community of women down there? Yeah, I think probably the thing that, um, well, particularly a trail event that um, brings everyone together and because we have the RMA community is the Sri Chimnoy event, which is a, a relay event at the end of in September, October time, where you can run the whole 100 kilometres by yourself. It's very tight cut off. So not many people ever <laughs> really attempt that. Maybe one day, it's kind of on the bucket list. Mm -hmm. um, but most, of, most people do it in a team of four um, sometimes a team of two where you're running around 25 Ks per leg and you get to see some beautiful parts of Canberra. And, you know, the first year, I think there was just the one RMA team, which was myself, Sam Post, 
um, Rose Young and Shireen Ringland, and we we ran it and we kind of ran it under an RMA, um, you know, name. I think we were called yep. R Amazing. I think we were called. <laughs> yeah, I do remember that. Yes. Yeah, and um, it was just an amazing experience, and and that event is probably the bucket list event for most people who do trails in Canberra. Everyone really loves that event. It's a fun yeah. weekend, um, and you sort of support your person each way around. And then the next year, I think we had four or five teams and then the next year we had eight teams and then the, you know like it just became bigger and bigger and what we would do leading up to that is on the weekends we'd set up a training run on the course so that people could see what it was like and it would be mixed abilities so some people would might do the whole course some people might do some of the course yeah. and um we do that every week so that people and we just have a ball you know people could see what they were up for when the day came and they got to be with their teammates and they got to be with the wider community um and yeah some people have really like become trail runners from that they probably weren't even thinking about doing trails before yeah. um and then yeah. we have um you know some people that definitely just don't like trails and and that's fine like that might be where some of our hearts are but others not but we still take them to the snow and that one usually gets them over the line yeah <laughs> they're like oh, okay i get it now i totally get it um but yeah we still do um do some runs around the lake and stuff and and um you know out and back and that's often one where people can bring their kids as well so we're not excluding yeah. um one thing i think that's um I'm trying to think of like a particular story that comes to mind, but it's more around the, by having the community and having events like that and doing different sorts of social events on the weekend, mm -hmm. people are able to find their people. Yeah. So um, you don't necessarily have to run in as a big group all the time. You can then go off and do a run with four or five girls that you've really clicked with and they're your pace and they've got similar goals to you. And, you know, um, the, the girls that recently were training to do UTA and because of COVID it didn't go ahead, they still wanted to do an event of 50Ks. Mm. So we um, decided, I said to them, right, do it. They said they're going to do it in the backyard. And I said, good, okay, well, you've got perfect trails here we can do that let me work out a, a you know a course for you and then we will set up cheer squads aid stations a finish line you know all of that stuff for you so that you're not going to miss out on some sort of experience because as people who have been to UTA know it's about the finish line and the experience yeah, the, yeah. so we didn't want them to miss out on that kind of stuff so we set up a, a course that kind of followed where they'd been training and took in the views that they had done and stuff that they knew. And we got the community together and we set up, we, I went out and bought all the water and the food and the snacks, asked them specifically what they wanted. Oh, I'd love to have a hot noodles at this one and like to have this. And then build a roster and the girls all put their hands up to say they wanted to be a part of it. And they'd be these, at checkpoints at various times to see the girls through. And we, we set it up, we set them off down at the one end of the Murrumbidgee River at the Pine, uh, Point Hut. And, you know, it's freezing. Of course it was freezing. <laughs> it was October. It shouldn't have been freezing, but it was windy and it was freezing cold. And we set them off at about six o'clock in the dark and off they went. And then we met them at the next checkpoint and the rain was kind of coming in and out. And then there was bits of sunshine. It was the weirdest day weather-wise. And then we just met them along the way and encouraged them and had our cowbells and people just came out. And then at the end, we had the finish line. We used the RMA flag as the finish line and <laughs> we did the Arboretum where the wide brown land sign is, you know, very iconic with the, you know, um, 
tower in the background and, you know, all that sort of stuff and all their family and friends, which you wouldn't get if you went to UTA either because most people can't make the entire family and friends up there. Um, they were all able to be there at the finish line as well. And we all had the cowbells and cheering and it was just a really amazing experience. And that was, that was because they wanted to do something. The community wanted to support them and we just made it happen. Like, yeah. Now we're thinking about making it a, an event every year. Yeah, you should. <laughs> For anyone that misses out on their event, you will just do another event later on. But um, yeah, it was a really amazing experience. Um, and just to see there was, I said, oh, who wants to do the um, aid stations? And the roster was literally filled, I, I reckon, in about 20 minutes. You know, like, we're, just, we're like, yep, I'm all over it. And we had people doubling up on sites because there were so many people that wanted to be involved. So, mm. you know, people just wanting to give up their time to, to support other people reaching their goals, you know. Because yeah. um, it's that inspiring. Shows the, that shows the strength of the community that you have down there um, yeah. because you guys have all been so invested in each other, you know. You don't get that everywhere, like you know, and and it's it's beautiful to see that Canberra has that. I mean, especially because you know Canberra is like a little hub. It's not huge like Sydney or Melbourne or that kind of thing, but it's nice. It's nice to have that community down there, and yeah. that community feel that you that you can share in those experiences together. And you know, that's really special. Like they obviously trained so hard for UTA, and to have it not happen so disappointing like so to be able to still do something and use all that training and sharing that experience is a really special thing that you gave them um, yeah well they've been training you think about it they've been training all year because it kept getting moved yeah, i know <laughs> you know it's still training for the next one which hopefully will go ahead, or otherwise they've been training forever forever <laughs> 18 months down the track and then you still i know i know crazy. yeah um I am mindful of time, but I wanted to ask you about some of the highlights of your running journey in terms of some of your race experiences. So could you maybe tell me what has been maybe one of your favorite race experiences to date? And then maybe tell me what has been one of your hardest race experiences to date? Okay. Well, they, they, well, it's hard to choose which is one or two. I know. But so my, my favourite race today was the Oxfam 100 because obviously it was 100. Mm-hmm. But um, it's one that you do as a team. Um, you don't just run off and do it on your own. You have a team of four. And that solidified my very tight group of friends that I run with. Yeah. And it taught us so much about ourselves but also our relationships with one another and um, we had an amazing crew and you know that was just an experience that I will never forget it was hard there was moments where I was like oh my god what are we doing um when you when you're running as a team because you can't leave a checkpoint without all four of you so you're you're meant kind of got to keep your mental game on as well because you you got to rally the people that might be struggling and then they have to rally you at the next one it's kind of this yeah it's good because you can keep each other going but it's also can be taxing because you've got to try and you know um there's not just one person you have to think about you've got to think about all four of you Mm. but that was an amazing experience and um yeah i'd love to do something similar to that again obviously new zealand was amazing the experience the ability to go and do like just felt so privileged to do that and not just the race itself but the entire time we were there the way we were brought in by the race um organizers and the mm. and the local community and the maori community community it was just yeah that was an experience yeah. like 
I'll never forget. Yeah. So those two are probably those. Um, hardest race experience. Look, I don't race a lot. Like I'm not a, um, I'm not a one to sign up to many races, but the first event I did after I had Eloise was three months after having her. And, um, you know, I trained pushing both of them in the pram and doing all of that stuff. It was the Blackmore's um, half marathon. And that was the first event where I've actually ever walked when it's not a trail on a road event where I actually had to walk for a bit and go, what am I doing? I had a head cold. It was three months after having a baby. I probably bit off way more than I had, could have, mm-hmm. but I met Laura yeah. actually, um, Laura Ferrier at that event. And she was running for a very special cause and um, she was walking and I was walking and I was like, you've got this. And she's like, you've got this. And we kind of G'd each other up along the way. And, um, yeah, that was a, even though it was a really tough event, I was like, oh my God, I feel like I'm going to die. Um, I took something really amazing out of that because I met someone, someone beautiful. And I had photo at the beginning with amazing Sydney people that are, you know, we had the group photo beforehand and, um, running and seeing the Harbour Bridge and, you know, all of those sorts of things that you don't get in Canberra. Um, that, that was probably a very tough event for that sort of feeling that, um, and events where I've run with the kids in the pram, the, the one where I did the Canberra marathon in the rain with two kids in the pram, that was a yeah. highlight. Um, I love that the video. I have, I have the video at the end where Reedy interviews me at the end and says, yeah. she's not one kid, but two. And what's it like, you know, pushing two kids in a pram, one's fast asleep, one's on the iPad, you know, he says this kind of stuff. And like, I just love watching that back because I think, I actually don't remember much of that race at all because I think I was just too busy like wrangling children. And 100%. I didn't really be out at like, I think the 14 came up so they could do a wee near a tree. Like it was just, <laughs> uh, and it was raining and it was gross and it was, but it was like the most amazing experience. I haven't, I have to say, I haven't had too many races where I'm like, oh, that was awful. Mm. The only one, and even that one where I say where I met Laura and, and had a head cold and felt terrible, at the end, I was just so stoked that I'd just run a half marathon after having a baby recently. And, you know, so, yeah, I haven't had any, maybe I need to do some harder races. <laughs> no, I think it just depends on the perspective and, you know, you've got a good perspective. And I guess too, like, you know, just leading in from that, like how do you deal with if there is disappointment and, you know, you are dealing with disappointment at the moment, you've been off injured for quite a bit of time now. Yeah. Um, had plantar fasciitis and um you know how do you deal with the disappointments around and the frustration i guess for those that may be dealing with a similar thing right now where they can't run um and they want to run how do you manage this time it is totally frustrating and there's been weeks where i'm like oh my god what am i going to do this is ridiculous um there have been times where i've just given up and not done anything for a couple of weeks and then gone well that's just silly Mm -hmm. um I think uh, when you have an injury that's a long-term injury, like it's, it's one thing to have an injury where you can get over it in two to two mm. to four weeks and you know you can see the light at the end of the tunnel, that's mm. probably a bit different. Um, and I'm the typical runner where it's like, here's some exercises to do at home. I'm like, oh, I'll do them for the first week and then I forget to do them or mm. it's yeah, I'm something. Similar, else. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. So I probably need to do that a bit more. But I think being part of the community has made me stay connected, even though I'm not running. Um, So like, for instance, when we set up our social events now, and it's actually given me a better awareness and perspective 
because I haven't been in this situation before, yeah. what it's been like while I'm setting up all these social events and running events for people, for those people that can't participate, what it must have been feeling like for them. So I've actually had a little bit of guilt, but also give me more perspective to go, right, well, from now on, even when I'm back running, I need to arrange these events where there's the running group and then there's potentially a walking group um, so, and, and, and not have to be the person that's organising both of them. Mm. And that's the other thing I've learned through this is that I can't lead a running event at the moment. So who can I call on to say, do you mind doing the runners and I'll do the hikers and we'll still meet at the end or whatever it might be. You take them on one course and I'll take them on the other. So really not having to do it all on my own. Yeah. It's taught, taught me a lot of that. Um, but really the perspective of from other people, you know, you guys have gone out running, but I can't come because I'm injured. So, I, I mean, I think I've always said, oh, even if you're injured, still come along. But I probably haven't made it explicit that there is a running group and there's a walking group or there's just a sitting and having coffee group. Yeah. Um, and so from now on, I think that's something that I will change going forward. Mm -hmm. In terms of maintain, like maintaining fitness and getting back from an injury, it is hard. Like, I've put on loads of weight, but I call that the COVID seven. It's not quite five kilos. <laughs> so, um, you know, and, you know, I look at my, where I was this time, I was training for Archie, which is hopefully going to go ahead for people um, this coming weekend, which is yeah. an amazing race. Another, another highlight for me, another amazing race, Mount Buller in Victoria. Um, I was training, I was probably at my peak fitness this time last year. So I can't compare, like look at photos or look at where I was on a journey and go, oh my God, like, how did I get from here to here? Because life is, you know, it's linear. You, it's just things happen and, and things change and goals posts change and priorities change. And we all had a pretty terrible year last year for whatever reason, um, you know, whether you were in lockdown for eight months for the poor people in Melbourne or whether you were luckier like us in our little bubble in Canberra, we still struggled. We still had lots of things going on and, and um, missing out on events and things. I know people were... Um, missing out on some really big things mm. um i think having an injury puts things into perspective and you get to see things from different angles the way forward for me is just to come out the other side and and it's just about adventure 2021 for me is about getting back to running enjoying the process staying connected to the community um and not going to get any PBs this year, that's for sure. And I'm not I'm not aspiring to do a 100K event this year. That might be, you know, a couple of years down the track. But, um, you know, your running journey doesn't just end when you get an, an injury. Yeah. You come out the other side. You know, you've, you've had some big ones running, going into yeah. UTV. You've done some decent injuries. And the disappointment, it's hard to deal with. Mm. Um, thankfully, I had I didn't have any races. I got my A race in before we got locked down last year. And... Yeah. Um, hadn't really planned to do any other ones from there. So yeah, just have to come out from this and continue just to be surrounded by positive running folk and just remind myself to be grateful of things rather than dwelling on the stuff I can't do, be grateful of the things that I do have. And, and probably the thing I'm most grateful for are the people that, um, you know, my friends that have come into contact with because of this community, this village. Yeah, 100%. And that's the thing about being injured while being part of community is, yes, it, it is hard because you, you feel like you're missing out, I guess, in a way. But like, as you said, you know, making sure, I guess everybody has a, a responsibility, I guess, or a role to play in that, that they 
they are mindful that there are people that may be a part of their community group or their, their closer knit community within RMA or wherever that, um, that might be injured. And, you know, how can we structure our training or even our social runs or whatever it may be to be able to include those people you know, as you said before, even when COVID hit and you were doing the Zoom catch-ups, like being connected is the most crucial part of it all. Mm -hmm. So checking in on them, checking what they need, if they need anything or just, yeah, we're going to run here this weekend. We know you can't run, but meet us for coffee after, like that kind mm -hmm. of stuff. So, you know, it's about those connections and, and it will take time and sometimes it takes a lot longer than than other people to get back into it. Sometimes people never get back into it, but they still mm -hmm. want to be part of the community and connected. And I think that's where we need to be mindful um, of all the different parts of the journey because it's mm -hmm. never going to always be rosy. <laughs> it's always going to be up and down. Yeah. yeah. Um, is there one event that is on your bucket list? You did mention before that you want to do another 100, but is there a particular event on your bucket list anywhere in the world that you could go that you would want to do that you've always thought about one of those ones that gnaws at you no it's really <laughs> weird because people talk about that all the time around what's that bucket list event i think it's because i enjoy the adventure without the event without stuff the event. i don't really like i think and because we've seen that we can set up our own events yeah <laughs> kind of like well we don't need an event we'll just do our own, yeah, just do our own um, social runs yeah Particularly in Canberra, like obviously 80% of our national park burnt last year, um, and which is devastating. And we aren't allowed to go back into a lot of it because it's still not safe to do so. Mm -hmm. But once that reopens, I would like to do some more um, trail running. There's the highest peak in the ACT is um, Bimbury. And I'd love to go out there and maybe do a camp camp run type thing. Mm. I think the one thing that is on my bucket list is the Australian Alps Trail, which is the trail that goes from Victoria to Canberra. Mm. It's about 600 kilometres. Um, one day, <laughs> one day, it would, it'd be obviously a multi-day thing. It wouldn't yeah. just be like we just keep going for 600 kilometres. But um, there's, a, there's a few of us that have said that we wanted do it at you know an adventure where we'd ha probably have to get people to come in and meet us at some points but a lot of it's isolated so we'd have to carry a lot of it so it wouldn't be necessarily a lot of running it'd be a run hike kind of scenario um but would just love to do that journey um wow i'd love to do that journey with you <laughs> yeah. yeah it would be a really amazing event uh, well amazing experience, experience. yes <laughs> yeah um i think is it bo sim bo sims is that his name bo that um the guy that um part of the running run nation film festival okay. the guy with the um, orange beard um he did like laps around his property one oh yes 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 he has done that event and i think that's what fueled it we went to one of those film nights and watched him run that um by wow. himself mm. i don't think i'd do it by myself i don't think i'm um there's camping by myself in the middle of nowhere at mm. night i don't think i could do yeah. I at least one at least one other person with me on the journey um so yeah uh yeah that's probably my biggest bucket list thing to do yeah i think the, the thing is with the bucket list things i think for me too is it's more about the experiences with others now more than a particular event as such but yeah i think we're a bit wired similar uh in terms of that um kind of thing i mean i love the events don't get me wrong i love them and i share about them and i plug them and all that sort of stuff but 
I just find running with my girls on the trails in beautiful places so much more enriching. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think yeah. I think the girl post changed a little bit. I don't know when it was. Um, I think there's like you might have like one or two events that you really like, like the one the street team no one I was talking about. Before. We'll do that every year, and if we're not in the in the position to run it, like if we're injured, we'll be there volunteering or yeah. crewing or doing whatever. Um, and there's probably one or two bucket list ones, you know, like Archie was my bucket, one of my bucket. I really wanted to do Archie, but it was just a beautiful location. And I'd love to go back and do the hundred, which is the Oscars heart to heart. Um, that would be, we could one. do it together as a team. Yeah, you can do that. That's a team, team one. Yeah. yeah. Cause I was going to do the Archie and I had planned, but then COVID. So yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully fingers crossed they come out of lockdown on Wednesday. Hopefully they still are able to go ahead with the event. Cause there's some, after me doing it last year, others were like, Oh, what's that like? I'm like, yeah, you definitely have to do it. And now mm. all these people in Canberra have gone. I'm like, Oh my God, please. I hope they can still do it. It's such oh, an I know. I know. Um, but yeah. Anyway. Yeah. But anyway, hopefully <laughs> it goes ahead. Really hopefully. I mean, yeah, we'll just have to see, won't we, by the end of the week, yeah. hopefully. Well, let's finish up now with the RMA Hot Lap. So I like to finish the podcast with the Hot Lap, learn a little bit more about particular things that people like or what they choose. Um, so for you, I've got five questions, mm -hmm. a little bit different to some of the ones I've asked in the past, okay. uh, except for the first one, which I like to find out. What is your favourite race fuel or fuel that you like to eat on a long run snack whatever it might be for you what do you like to ingest on an adventure yeah look it just depends on how long we're going to be out there for i generally use cliff blocks um mm -hmm. mainly and um some hydrolyte yeah and that's probably mainly it i do like to take like muesli bars and stuff like if it's a long run then i i'll move away from the gooey things and I'll move to more natural stuff and um but I'm gluten free and so yeah. Vegemite sandwiches don't cut it for me. So. Unless you use gluten free bread. Which is disgusting <laughs> if you don't toast it. Um so you've got to make that banana bread recipe that I put up the other day. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um yeah so probably move to sort of like muesli bars and things like that and have done the you know roast salted roast potato potatoes mm -hmm. a couple of times as well but um yeah it, it's yeah i think probably i'll stay with the sweet stuff for the first couple of hours because i have actually got a sweet tooth but then after that you're kind of like i need something else yeah gets yeah. a bit much yeah yeah okay cool if you could choose one either mountains or roads which would you choose and why i think i already know the answer oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah i probably don't need to answer it mountains and it's about the connection to country it's the connection to being yep. nature yep yep i love it oh i like this one and this is one i haven't asked before on the podcast what is your favorite running book and why yeah i don't ever get to if i read a book and i open the first page i'm asleep but i i have got this book which everyone should get it's the epic epic runs of the world by lonely planet and it has um all the kinds of cool running events that you should check out across the world so if you want a bucket list one and the girls from rma gave this to me from christmas for christmas a couple of years back the canberra girls oh. um, and there are a couple of um australian ones in there as well as like you know running along the Great Wall of China and, you know, various other ones. But yeah, you should have a look at that book. Okay, I'll put that in the show notes so people can have a look. 
Um, Where do you see yourself or where would you like to, I know you're injured at the moment, but where would you like to see yourself and your running five years from now? Wow. Um, I would like a 5K PB in there somewhere. Mm -hmm. Um, God knows why, because I don't run fast anymore, but just to challenge myself, um, I would like to do another ultra event this time, probably go up to 100K on my own see that I can do it on my own um and I think the days of pushing a pram across the line have gone but I would have said maybe I could have fitted one more in this year another half marathon with Ellie but I just don't think it's going to happen um and I'd like to see my kids develop their running journeys during this time because I can see that they're both Willoughby will be a trail runner hands down Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah I think Ellie's pretty quick so I'm going to get into athletics next year I think she's um, yeah so I'd like to see how they how they blossom as well. Yeah, mm, I love that. What lessons would you like your children to learn from you in your journey? Um, surround yourself with like-minded people that support you on your journey. You can't do it on your own. It might be seem like an individual sport, but it definitely isn't. Um, if they aren't runners and just you know just for life experience um the community stuff take away the be kind always be kind always ask people how they are um you know involve yourself in in other people's lives and 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 have a genuine care for people like it's that genuineness that i want them to take away that not just part of this because you know it's a job or it's what's expected but it's a genuineness behind it i want you to genuinely care for people and genuinely be kind to people and find people that are your people and surround yourself with them yeah i love that well thanks mel thanks for joining us on the podcast i've had such a beautiful morning talking to you and i mean it's been long overdue i think we need to um (laughs) do this more often but also I just can't wait to see you in Canberra. And if it does, if the race doesn't happen, well, I'm still coming Coming down. I've got my accommodation (laughs) and we'll, hopefully it'll snow and we can go and run on the trails. But for those that um, want to follow on along your journey online um, and those obviously that are in Canberra, um, where could they find you online so they can connect with you? Obviously through the RMA page, I'm usually there somewhere hovering yeah. around. Um, you can connect with me directly, um, like through Messenger on there. Um, my Instagram's Run Mum SB. Um, so you can find me on Instagram, and we also have the ACT event page um, that you yeah. can link with other like-minded mums through there. But yeah, if you just literally put a post up on RMA and go, "Hey, Canberra mums," you'll have about 20 people literally go, go and do this, come and see us and do this and do whatever. So, um, yeah, you, you won't be alone for very long. So hopefully you want to be around people. Yeah. <laughs> We're there waiting. We don't have much choice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, thanks, Mel. Thanks for joining us today. No worries. Thanks for having me. Well, what a refreshing conversation that was with Mel, talking all things community, connection, and those little conversations that women should be having together because they're things that we all struggle with and go through. And we're so lucky to have the community like Running Mums Australia where we can share in these experiences to help each other. Next time on the podcast, I have a beautiful conversation with an RMA, Amanda Richardson. Amanda actually lives in Canada and I talked to Amanda about her journey moving across to the other side of the world 
her experiences before that with finding RMA, what that connection brought her and her experience with missing these connections as she relocated with her family to the other side of the world. We talk about what steps Amanda took to find community and connection again, especially in light of the recent COVID pandemic. Amanda has formed a community Chicks Run the Six over in Canada, similar to what RMA brings women over here in Australia, and I look forward to sharing this new journey with her. Through this conversation, we discuss how community and connection is so important, especially to mums, along with stories from Amanda's journey, running the world, and her love of plant-based nutrition. So tune in next time for the podcast. I look forward to sharing yet another amazing story with you. I just want to draw your attention to the fact that over the next few weeks, I will be putting up a few pre-orders for winter gear, as well as our new sunrise design singlets and t-shirts. So if you're interested in winter gear, head to the website, runningmumsaustralia.com.au, where you can order yours. As always, it's been so wonderful to share in these conversations. If you have someone that you think I should interview, please email me at runningmumsaustralia at gmail.com. I love listening to everybody's stories and sharing them with you. As always, please share this podcast, subscribe, rate and review. And I look forward to speaking to you next time.